Nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies. Like, you only get one of these. If you choose to give a vaccine, I support you. If you choose to be unvaccinated, I support you. Do what's best for you. Kyrie Irving is one of the NBA's most popular and most entertaining players. That's Ben Gulliver. He is the NBA reporter for The Post. Kyrie Irving. Oh, he can't miss. Kyrie Irving. He's part of a big three on the Brooklyn Nets. Harden. Nice look. Durant. Harden off the double. Irving waits. Oh, yeah. Who are the leading favorites to win the championship in 2022. But he's sort of become a lightning rod here over the last couple of weeks because he has chosen not to be vaccinated. And that choice has kept Kyrie off the court, and it's jeopardizing his team's shot at a championship. Okay, so being totally honest, I'm not a person who follows basketball super closely. But I have found myself weirdly transfixed with Kyrie Irving and this whole thing with the Brooklyn Nets. Because to me, it feels like the situation that's playing out right now is happening in one way or another in all of our lives. This tension between the personal choice about whether to get vaccinated and what we owe to each other as people in a society trying to get back to normal life or trying to win an NBA championship. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Friday, October 15th. To be clear... Kyrie Irving is very much in the minority in the NBA. Right now, at least 96% of NBA players are vaccinated. And even though the NBA does not have a vaccine mandate, it does require its teams to follow the local guidelines for COVID-19. And in New York City, where the Brooklyn Nets are based, vaccines are required in indoor spaces like sports arenas. So the team told its star player that, hey, you either got to get vaccinated or you have to stay home. Now, the Nets had a choice. Do we allow Kyrie Irving to sort of play halftime or do we try to somehow compel him to get the vaccine so he can join the team completely? This week, the Nets decided that Kyrie Irving would not be able to play in any games or participate in any practices until he is vaccinated. So, Ben, what is the NBA's policy on vaccines and whether players have to be vaccinated? The NBA has a vaccine mandate for basically everyone except players. Coaches, referees, executives all face a vaccine mandate. As a reporter, I actually have to show my vaccine card every time I go to Staples Center in Los Angeles to cover a game. But the National Basketball Players Association, which is the players union, resisted efforts by the NBA to install a vaccine mandate for players. So players are able to remain unvaccinated as long as they adhere to a strict set of protocols the NBA has set up. So that includes daily testing. That includes uh, social distancing from your teammates in situations like locker rooms, uh, team flights. Really? Uh, Unvaccinated players are not allowed to eat dinner or team dinners with their vaccinated teammates, and they can't go out uh, to bars and clubs on the road. And so you could tell just by the the strictness of those rules, there's a lot of... uh, I don't know if you want to call it soft pressure, but a lot of incentive for players to go ahead and, and get vaccinated. And Kyrie Irving just spoke out for the first time, right? What, what did he say? So Kyrie Irving had uh, addressed reporters at Media Day on September 27th. And the only thing he had said was, uh, we'd love to just keep that private and, um, you know, handle it the right way with uh, my team and uh, go forward uh, together uh, with, with the plan. So 
He left it at that. He did not even confirm at that time whether he was vaccinated or not. Finally, after this Nets ruling, which said you can't be a part of the team until you're vaccinated, Kyrie Irving went on Instagram Live for an extended sort of a video address to his fans and supporters and and at sometimes, you know, his media critics. And he said essentially that it was his personal choice. He wanted everyone to respect his personal choice. You know, I had to stop running away from using my voice and using my platform to, uh, you know, speak on what's true and what's mine. You know, nobody's going to hijack my voice. Nobody's going to take the power away from me that I have for speaking on these things. But he did try to push back on some recent uh, speculation that maybe he wanted to retire or this was going to be a way for him to exit the NBA. He said he was hoping that there would be a resolution that would allow him to take the court. Don't believe that I'm retiring. Don't believe that, (laughs) you know, I'm going to give up this game uh, for a vaccine mandate. Of course, the easiest way for that to happen is for him to get vaccinated or possibly for New York City to change the terms of its um, vaccine mandate. But at this point, uh, the health officials have not given any indication they plan to do that. And so it's essentially a stalemate. Uh, Kyrie Irving will be at home. The Nets will continue to play without him. So I want to talk a little bit more about Kyrie Irving himself. Who is this guy? What has made him such a successful and popular player? And is this controversy in keeping with what we know of his personality? So Kyrie Irving was a number one overall draft pick. So that gives you an idea of his talent. He is a very, very skilled ball handler, playmaker. He is a major endorser for Nike and Pepsi. Some people might be familiar with his Uncle Drew character where he dresses up like an old guy and goes to the park and and schools a bunch of young players and they're all amazed at his ability. Don't reach, young blood. Don't reach. He won a championship with LeBron James in 2016, and that was sort of the peak of his career. But at that point, he really started refashioning himself almost as the NBA's most famous contrarian. Mm -hmm. So for years, everybody wanted to go play with LeBron James. Kyrie Irving actually left LeBron James to go have his own team. And I think that a lot of people probably associate Kyrie Irving with his uh, propensity to believe in and discuss conspiracy theories. I think his most famous stance was, uh, you know, believing in flat earth theory that is, you know, obviously something that goes around on YouTube and social media. And he he spent months, uh, you know, discussing that or, you know, bringing it up in various conversations without really backing away for it. Well, after the fact, he apologized. You know, these opinions are often taboo in the NBA. You know, when it first came up, NBA commissioner Adam Silver made a joke that both he and Kyrie Irving had attended Duke University, but maybe they had gone to different classes. <laughs> and there was sort of a, a, a distancing effect, uh, you know, between, members of the rest of the NBA and Kyrie's opinions. And I think at this point, uh, Kyrie remains very popular among his fellow players based on his skill level and also just his willingness to speak his mind. But I think that there is a level of discomfort in terms of you know how he's pushing this particular issue and how he's pushed some of those other issues in the past. And yeah, even though he has seemed like a contrarian in the past, I do think it is genuinely shocking that he's willing to put his livelihood on the line, his ability to compete for a championship on the line because of his anti-vaccine beliefs that, that he hasn't even really articulated in, in any great or compelling detail. 
Yeah. And it's you have to be careful saying that he's anti-vaccine because he actually came out on Instagram and said, you know, I support people who have uh, taken the shot. And, and then he also expressed support repeatedly for people who had lost their jobs due to vaccine mandates. So he's trying to paint this as an apolitical decision. And he's actually not even necessarily questioning the science on this. He hasn't explained in detail or very clearly why he feels the need to do this. He did say that he expected that he was going to enter this season being able to play even though he was unvaccinated. I came into the season uh, thinking that I was just going to be able to play ball, you know, be able to use my my talent uh, to continue to, uh, you know, inspire, influence people in the right way. Now, I guess what caught Kyrie Irving by surprise is that individual cities could make their own vaccine mandates that would apply to NBA players. And so far, we've seen New York City, San Francisco and Los Angeles do that. But it's worth pointing out, Kyrie is absolutely the exception here. There are no members of any other affected teams by these mandates, the Clippers, the Lakers in Los Angeles, who remain unvaccinated. Kyrie is the only player who has put himself in this position. Hmm. It has major stakes, not only for his team's success, but for him financially. The NBA has said they will not pay players who miss games because they're in violation of vaccine mandates. So this season, Kyrie is putting $16 million of his $30-plus million salary at risk. After the break, we talked to Ben about what the reaction has been to Kyrie's decision and about the responsibility of famous athletes. We'll be right back. So, Ben, what have Kyrie Irving's teammates said about this? Because for them, they are affected by his actions. If he doesn't show up to work, that affects their ability to be successful at their jobs. I think that's one of the most frustrating things for fans and outside observers. The NBA has this sort of, you know, call it a bro code where players don't like to tell other players what to do, especially in public. And so what you've seen is a really actually libertarian philosophy develop among a lot of star players, which is basically like, hey, do whatever you want to do. It's your personal choice. This is a medical matter that could impact your career and your ability to play. So, you know, we're going to be fine with whatever you choose. Now, of course, it's not quite that simple, right? Kyrie Irving's personal choice has direct impacts on his teammates and, you know, very high profile players like Kevin Durant and James Harden, who are trying to to win a championship together. But so far, they have not really like strongly called on him to, to get the shot. Kyrie believes in his beliefs and he stands firm and strong on that. And for us, uh, we respect it. You know, we, we, we all love Kai, um, but as far as us, we have a, a job to do. You know, they have said things like, well, look, if he was trying to be in and out of the lineup, that would really, you know, create problems for our team chemistry and dynamics. Uh, but other than that, they've sort of left this in, in Kyrie's lap. And I do think, you know, if you're a diehard Brooklyn Nets fan who's saying this is our year, you probably wish the star players would, you know, call Kyrie, you know, get him on a group chat, right? And say, come on, man, just do this for us. But so far, those efforts have not uh, been successful if they've taken place. I'm curious what the reaction has been to Kyrie's choice to not get vaccinated beyond just current players and current people who are affiliated with the NBA. But what about former players or fans or people who are kind of commenting from the sidelines? 
I think one of the most prominent voices on this issue has been Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's uh, a Hall of Fame uh, center and a very vocal advocate and a, a man who's been writing for years on different issues. He's been calling on players to do almost the exact opposite of what Kyrie Irving has done. This affects Black Americans more than it affects any other uh, group. It's, it's imperative that we understand that that's what's happening and we do everything we can to fight this. And masks and vaccinations are the best way for us to fight this. He wants them to be leaders in this public health space by setting an example for society and realizing that, you know, getting vaccinated isn't a personal choice. It's actually a collective decision that impacts everyone around you. And so he's been very straightforward saying, like, look, NBA players, you need to do better. Don't just uh, think of yourself. Uh, Think of broader society and the good that you can do. You know, right now, no one knows exactly how this will shake out. To get eligible, all Kyrie Irving has to do is get the shot and wait 14 days. That's the NBA's limit. And then he can step right onto a basketball court and go forward as if this never happened. And so it's been a major story because there's no clear endpoint. Kyrie kind of determines when this story exactly wraps up. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone else is just kind of at his mercy at this point, including his teammates, his fans, uh, his organization, and everyone else. So I don't follow a lot of day-to-day basketball stuff, but it has been remarkable to me to see how much people in my life have been talking about this Kyrie Irving thing. And to me, it seems like so many people see this one debate over whether Kyrie should or should not get vaccinated and kind of cave to the pressure from his teammates and from the rest of the world, that it's like this microcosm of what's playing out for so many of us in our workplaces or in our lives, where it's like, look, we can't win the game if you don't get vaccinated. And so you need to take one for the team and get on board with what everyone else has done. I'm wondering for you, like, why do you think that this story and your reporting on this story has been resonating with so many people? Well, I think it's a big deal because of the stakes involved. I mean, you're talking about a title contender. You're talking about one of the most famous invisible players. You're talking about up to $200 million potentially on the line when you're factoring in Kyrie's next contract. And you're talking about a time when people are starting to get really interested again in the, in basketball, right? The season is starting. Opening night is next Tuesday. This is usually when hope springs eternal, right? And this is a very different type of story than we would have ever experienced in, during a pre-pandemic situation. You know, a lot of people are just struck by this idea that Kyrie Irving really is willing to turn his back on his teammates to take a stand that he hasn't articulated all that clearly, I think there's just a a lot of uh, bemusement. Also because, you know, workplaces have mandates uh, all over the country. We face a a workplace mandate at the Washington Post. I think that, you know, we've heard stories of, you know, flight attendants or healthcare workers being fired from their jobs because of their refusal to take the shot. And now you have an iconic basketball player, in a sense, you know, trying to stand with them somewhat awkwardly. It's, you know, it's uh, surreal, really. Yeah. I also think it's an interesting moment for the NBA because this is a sports organization that has this reputation, as you said, for supporting players' rights to free speech. Um, And even the fact that they're not requiring the vaccine, um, though obviously in New York it it is required. I mean, I think that in and of itself is controversial, but, but it feels like the NBA's desire to support players' free speech and let them say what they want to say in their own time is butting up against both like public health policy 
and also butting up against what's good for the NBA as a business. I mean, it's not good to have star players not playing in big games. This situation has made for some really strange bedfellows. If you rewind to sort of the the big Black Lives Matter push of the summer of 2020, Kyrie Irving was sort of out front um, of that, you know, advocating for the players to not even participate in the NBA bubble uh, because uh, he wanted to be in the streets really to protest and, uh, you know, to lead that way and to send a message almost to corporate America that, uh, you know, black players couldn't be sent to uh, Florida to to go forward with this plan. And yet, you know, now he's in a situation where two of his biggest public advocates for his decision not to get the vaccine are Senator Ted Cruz and Donald Trump Jr. I mean, that's a situation that I can't imagine very many uh, NBA followers or political followers would have ever anticipated. Now, for the league, it's very important to know that at last count, 96% of players have been vaccinated. Um, this is a situation where you know the NBA players have actually been vaccinated at a much higher rate than the general population. If you compare this to last year, the NBA is actually anticipating a much more stable season from a health standpoint. There's going to be fans back in the building. There already have been during the preseason. But this Kyrie Irving situation has been a distraction mm-hmm. from kind of the progress that the NBA has been able to make. And it's also been a distraction from some of the excitement around the season. You know, for example, the NBA tried to launch uh, this week its 75th anniversary season promotional tour with videos and, uh, you know, advertising clips and everything else. And on the same day, you know, you're, you're, they're competing for headlines with Kyrie Irving's Instagram live statement and the Nets' decision to keep him away from the team. It's just a a very tough juxtaposition for a a league that's really trying to welcome fans back after a season where, you know, crowds were limited because of the pandemic. What do you think is the social responsibility for public figures and athletes like Kyrie Irving to use their platform to promote public health and safety? Like, is there a responsibility for him here? Well, to me, this one was an easy one uh, for athletes. You know, when I had the ability to get a vaccine, I took it immediately and I posted a picture on social media and I felt like, hey, at least I did my part to a certain degree. If anyone had any questions or hesitancy about it last spring, I tried my best. And, you know, I think that, you know, public figures in general are going to have a bigger responsibility than average citizens like ourselves to go with those same types of best practices. And I I do think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has kind of nailed this one. He said, look, this was a huge opportunity for a predominantly black league to get out in front on the advocacy, to let uh, people in minority communities to understand that this is something that will protect them, that will keep them out of hospitals, that will protect them from death. And you know, these are things that we should all want for everyone in our society, regardless of who we are. And by and large, the biggest stars in the NBA, not just Kyrie Irving, but LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, the list goes on. They have not been part of major advocacy efforts. Now, some of those players have explained that they have been vaccinated. They said maybe that they did it for their family or they had their own personal reasons for making that choice. But in general, it's been a very hands-off approach from NBA players. And I do think, you know, after multiple years of a very loud, very passionate and very effective advocacy on other issues. This is one where the NBA players as a collective have kind of dropped the ball. Ben Golliver covers the NBA for The Post. Today's show was produced by Alexis Diao and mixed by Ted Muldoon. 
Our executive producer is Maggie Penman. Our supervising senior producer is Rena Flores. Our producers are Lena Mohammed and Jordan Marie Smith. Ariel Plotnik and Renny Svernovsky are associate producers. Sabi Robinson and Emma Talkoff are assistant producers. The post-director of audio is Renita Jablonski. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.